You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. As swimsuit season is approaching, more and more of our female patients will be experiencing body image problems, the extreme end of this spectrum being eating disorders. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Leslie Goldman, the author of Locker Room Diaries, The Naked Truth About Women, Body Image, and Reimagining the Perfect Body. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, it's certainly, Leslie, in my experience in the clinic that women and men, uh, probably more so men actually, are very reluctant to bring this up directly as an issue. But when we actually ask about it, they're very happy to talk about it. I think that, you know, women and men, when they develop an eating disorder, um, it's it's a cry for help and it's it's silent in that they might not say anything, but it's very vocal in the sense that when you look at someone who's who's suffering from an eating disorder, it's it's right there. It is in your face, um, and that's kind of it's not about food; it's about control. So it's very much a way of asserting control and saying to society, "Okay, you want me to be perfect? You want me to be thin? You want me to be everything you expected me to be? Well, here it is." And I took it to the extreme. So I think when um, if a person is ready to get better or is tired of counting calories every single moment of the day or tired of obsessing about their weight and it's just been enough, then if someone does reach out at just the right time, then yes, they may be uh, very likely to, to say, you know what, you're right, I do need help. But um, sometimes they can be very reluctant and, and you have to kind of push and push and and uh, maybe even break a few relationships and friendships in the process to get someone the help they need. So, Leslie, how did you get interested in this topic? The way I got interested in the topic is I myself had an eating disorder in college. So about 12 years ago, I started school at University of Wisconsin-Madison, and I was seemingly happy and healthy young woman and started school there, um, and what my family and my friends and I didn't know was that all of these great characteristics that I had, you know, straight-A student and lots of friends and wants to please everyone else and overachiever, that so many of these characteristics read like a laundry list of things that can predispose a young woman to an eating disorder, and I just kind of became this cliche of the young woman who goes from being a a big fish in a little pond in high school to a little fish in a huge ocean of 40,000. Um, and I fell into the trap. And I would say within about three months, I wound up dropping, gosh, about 30 pounds. And I, I'm 5'11", um, and I was slender to begin with. So that's how I, I became interested in it. And then I eventually recovered, and now I... Uh, tour and talk about it and wrote my book, Locker Room Diaries, and um, talk a lot about body image, and that's really my passion. So I I know that part of your research for the book was was interviewing many, many women. What, What have you heard? Tell us some of the stories. I loved researching the book because I spoke with, like you said, so many women. I spoke with everyone from a 91-year-old yoga instructor all the way to three-year-olds in ballet class, and always the topic was body image, but different aspects of body image. You know, there are different chapters of the book. There's a chapter on pregnancy and a chapter on breasts and a chapter on eating disorders and a chapter on the scale and why we 
continue to get on it and let that number rule our day. And so, um, you know, some of the stories are were were sad. Um, I remember I was doing some research, some observation in the locker room, and I watched as uh, a little girl was playing on the scale. We have this gigantic, horrible, huge, 18-foot-tall scale in our locker room, and the little girl was playing on it. She had no idea she was on a scale. She just thought that she was in this kind of newfound play territory, and she called for her mom to come watch her. And her mom came and just kind of gave her a little tousle of the hair and picked her up and put her down. And then the mom got on the scale and, you know, took that that little breath that so many women take to, you know, get rid of the extra half pound and, and watched as the needle rose. And she wasn't happy where it settled, and you could just see her whole posture sag and she was not you know happy she walked off silently and I was thinking don't do it don't do it and the little girl just like she was gunning for a little academy award the little girl got on that scale and took a deep breath and watched that number go up to I think it was maybe 30 pounds I'm not sure whatever three-year-old weighs and the little girl just exhaled and let her whole body kind of sag Mm -hmm. and um, followed her mom and I thought, I just saw a little girl have her body image ruined, and I promised myself that I would never, ever get on that scale again in that locker room. If there was any young woman, teenager, little girl, because I I don't want them to see me letting that number rule my day. I want them to see me as an example of a woman who just goes and showers and goes right to my locker and gets ready. But there were also lots of positive, you know, fun stories. Like I found a woman breastfeeding in the locker room, and she talked about how being pregnant so changed her view of her body and what it could do. And, you know, even though she had been very athletic before, and sure she wasn't thrilled about stretch marks and things, you know, and feeling a little bit out of control, now she saw what her body could do, and it could produce a baby, and it could feed the baby. And so... It was it was all so worth it, and it really helped you get over some of the hang-ups. You know, it, it was kind of an ethnic, ethnography in, in that. I mean, it was part memoir, part ethnography, um, but I, I was in the locker room. You know, I'm in the locker room a lot just because I, I work out a lot, and so I'm in the locker room, and, and when you're a writer, you're you're always listening uh, in on what people say. It's You know, it sounds like eavesdropping, but it's actually research. So I would just hear these things that women would say, these horrible body slamming comments that women make, you know, oh, if I could just cut off this part of my leg, then I'd be perfect. Or, you know, I remember once looking in the mirror, I was putting on some lipstick and a woman was coming up behind me in a in a bikini and she looked so great. And just as I was thinking, wow, she looks really great in that in that bathing suit. Just as I was thinking that, the woman slapped her, her butt and says out loud to no one in particular, oh, I look so fat. There's this. Um, there was a study that recently came out showing that uh, negative talk about women's bodies is kind of like a socially mandatory norm. It's becoming, you know, if one woman says something negative about her body, the other women are expected to chirp in and jo- you know and join. And so it's almost like she said that, and she was expecting me to, you know, turn around and, and say something negative about myself or about about her, you know, because I was the only one there. So it's really just women. Women say things about themselves that if if our partner were to say them to us, it would be considered mental abuse. But if we say them to ourselves, it's okay. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. 
I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is author and eating disorders expert Leslie Goldman. So, so Leslie, you're, you're hanging out in the locker room <laughs> listening to women and, and observing their actions about their bodies. You know, many of our listeners are men, um, and male physicians especially. How, how can we let them in on what's going on with women? Uh, you know, I think this is so mysterious to so many men. Um, what words would you say to them? Well, I think it's, it's two different, um, there are two different elements to that answer. I mean, just if we're talking about male physicians, I think that they have received, you know, probably some training in terms of identifying eating disorders. Many people present with a lot of the same characteristics, you know, physically there's the, you know, the, obviously the weight loss or the woman has stopped her period or she's not eating things, she's not eating fat, things with fat, she may, maybe has stopped eating meat, she's not drinking anything with calories. Um, things like that. She's um, becoming obsessive uh, in her thinking. She's very, very fearful of gaining any kind of weight. She's covering up her body. She might be losing her hair or um, have very dark hollows under her eyes, things like that. A lot of times women who have other eating disorders like, say, bulimia, where you don't have a, a, a marked decrease in weight, it might be very hard to tell. A woman could come in for you know, a routine visit and be making her, you know, making herself throw up every other day. And you might not be able to tell because she is coming in with a normal weight. So I think it should definitely be something that, that doctors, especially considering how prevalent these disorders are, um, make it a routine part of, you know, asking their patients, how are you doing with your, with your nutrition, with your eating? Are you feeling um, stressed out about, you know, losing weight or like you have to, go to extreme measures, things like that, because I think they might pick up on a lot of different, a lot more eating disorders than they would otherwise. Or if not just, if not eating disorders, then even distorted body image, which can be equally detrimental. I think for men who are not doctors, (laughs) I think that it's really important to understand that it's very hard for women in today's society to live up to these um, images that we see every day that we're surrounded by. You flip open a magazine, you look at a billboard, uh, and you're, we're presented with these physically unattainable ideals of what a woman should look like, and, and we try and we strive towards them, and so it can be very, very hard. I'll tell you this. I'm not perfect right now. Right now, You know, even though I've, I've recovered, I still have bad body image days, and, and I'll ask my husband, <laughs> You know, these jeans make my butt look big, and he'll just kind of roll his eyes. But, you know, I think definitely it's, you know, you can answer with a hug. You can answer with a kiss. You can answer by, you look beautiful. Um, the The emphasis should not be placed on a single body part. Yes, your butt looks great or... Um, you know, I think it's it's more so, you know, when someone asks, does my butt look big in this, I think that what they're really asking is, um, you know, do you do you care about me or am I am I good enough or, you know, I, I know that sounds a little like psychobabble, but that's, that's kind of what I think that they're asking. One of the things we struggle with in our office is weighing patients. And, you know, it's sound medical practice, obviously, to weigh people every time they come in is to how to how can we make that experience one that's maybe more positive for women who really view the scale as their enemy? I personally will not get on a scale in the doctor's office. I hate the experience. I also have gone through the, the, the experience of having an eating disorder, so usually if I say that, they say, okay, we understand. 
I know a few, more than a few of uh, my friends who have had eating disorders who they do get on the scale. So that way the doctor can um, keep a record of whether or not the number is going up or down, but they don't need to see the number themselves. So you can always do that. You know, there's growing debate about whether the number is really such an issue on the scale or BMI or waist circumference, so I guess it depends on, you know, what you're comfortable with. But if you really want to get them on the scale and see what that number is and you don't want them to be so focused in on a a certain number, then I would say just have them turn around and that should be it. Well, I want to thank our guest today, author Leslie Goldman. We've been discussing eating disorders. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening. 